This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, fans of the Social Distance Sports Bar. Uh, it's Ellis here. Um, Mike is presumably working on his house, and Steph is uh, doing work on one of his eight jobs. Um, I've started a new history podcast uh, with my good friends Chris Skull and Tom Crane. Um, it's called Oh What a Time, and here's a little sort of taster episode. This is about half an episode uh, that we're putting on the Social Distance Sports Bar feed. Um, I don't think Mike ever did this with the Demon Seed, so to be honest, I'm taking a I'm taking the piss a little bit. But there we go. Um, Steph allowed me to do that, and 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 Mike didn't Mike didn't argue, so I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, um, I really really hope you like it. Uh, I think you'll love Tom and Chris. We've got a real proper historian doing the research for us, so it's academically rigorous, which obviously is very important. Um, so yeah, uh, give it a go, and if you like it, uh, subscribe and leave us a review. Um, so I thought we could talk about what life is like on a longboat because um, I think none of us would particularly uh, fare well with it. So I'll, oh, I'll take you through some of the it. things. Okay, first of all, so the longboat it had it had a, a large sort of square wool sail that it used most of the time, and if it wasn't windy, they'd have to row it. Okay, so they had seventy Vikings on a boat, and then they'd split half and half. So either you'd be rowing or you'd be resting. And if you were rowing, your rowing distance would last for twelve to eighteen hours. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell! So don't know how you feel how, about that. Even Steve Redgrave is going to struggle. <laughs> yeah. Like, who are these to eighteen hours? I, I don't know. I don't know the exact science behind this, but I'm pretty sure both of my arms would pop off. <laughs> they would come off at the shoulders like a sort of plastic toy after about sort of thirty. Like an action minutes. man. Yeah, an action man. Exactly. Yeah, a discarded I mean, action man on a railway siding. I mean, I, I went. Claire and I, our first ever date was uh, we went on a. This is so cliched. We went on a rowing boat in Victoria Park across a pond there. Yeah, and for eighteen um, hours. For eighteen hours. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, exhausted. I thought, if we can get through this... And then came um, ashore and looted the locals and... Yeah. What, what a bonding experience, to be honest. Um, but the guy yelled at me from the side. I didn't really... I was rowing the boat backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. that's what you so do. I was, no, no, I wasn't. I was, I was facing the way that I was going, oh, oh, which is wrong. Right, right. right. You're supposed to go backwards yeah. and row. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was so moronic. And there were like children going past doing it correctly, and there was a guy yelling at me across a lake. So even of that three-minute snapshot of what it's like to be rowing, I, I hated it. And I think eighteen oh, hours is going to be only seventeen hours fifty-seven minutes to go <laughs> before you get your rest. Well, I mean, uh, talking of rest, you, you would you'd have to sleep sat up. And there was no space because basically uh, these these, yeah. these boats were so expensive that they crammed as many men as they possibly could onto them to make them financially viable. There was just like no room whatsoever. There was also, <clears throat> which is what particular about these things, they were so streamlined, there was no 
um, shelter whatsoever. There was no yeah. cabin. There was no cover. There was nothing. So you're constantly under the, the, the sun or the rain. You're just getting battered by the elements consistently. No cabin or cover. No cabin or cover. Occasionally, they would bring down the sail when they're in port to, sort of, to cover under it. But and when you're out from rowing, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to Greenland, a place like this as well. Yeah, or Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, um, I went to, in Norway, I saw a Viking longship. There's a Viking museum in Norway, in Oslo, yeah. I think it was. And I saw one. And at exactly that point, there was no, there's nowhere for you to relax. Which yeah. is interesting when you could say that 18-hour thing. Because... When what you do it in the six hours, you just sat in the same seat, but you're not rowing. Yeah, <coughs> you yeah. Can't even... well, you're trying to sleep. You're trying to sleep. Oh man, it's like trying to sleep on a plane is horrific, isn't it? Yeah, I can't right, do in it. economy, can't do it. And like trying the the long ship must be even worse. Yeah, yeah. It was very hard for the drinks trolley to get down it as well. That's, <laughs> that's, that was classically one of the, the problems well, with. <laughs> I flew back from New Zealand, and. I was delayed in transit at every point, and yeah. so I was delayed leaving. I was delayed in Sydney. I was delayed in Singapore. Wherever it was, we were changing. So I'd I'd been in the air or on the plane for thirty six hours, and I cannot sleep sitting up. I just can't do it. Can't do it. it just can't be done. Uh, I just came back from Qatar for the World Cup. I can't sleep sitting up. Can't be done. I, I was so delirious with tiredness on the way back from New Zealand that um, I leant down on my sort of knees. And put my face, I rested my face on where my bum was on the seat, or where my bum should have been. <laughs> and, and so if I'd been, even if I'd been rowing for 18 hours, I just can't sleep sitting up. I can't sleep in cars, I can't sleep on a bus. So now... You, also, you, know, you don't want to be shoving your face where people yes, be sitting. I'd gone, where mums have I'd been going for gone the mad. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, it's, it's my bum. It's been my bum for the last 35 hours. Yeah. So that will have masked other people's bums. Well, but you know, if you're if you're if you're rowing if you're rowing across the North Sea to yes. Northumberland, then I mean that is a that's a fair old stint of physical exercise, isn't it? Well, and also there are other things to go with that because um, you weren't even breathing in fresh air and enjoying that. It, the place stunk. The, these ships were clinker built, which were where they used overlapping wood to link the ships together, and the, the gaps between the pieces of wood were then filled with tar. And animal hair, and they were <laughs> constantly having to put new tar down to basically keep it seaworthy. So you always had tar on you. It was always really sticky, and the yeah. place stunk of tar. Rubbish. Also, if people wanted to go to the toilet, they would go to the toilet over the side of the ship. So you, you you'd oh shove your, your ass over the side, and then you you do your business on the top of a passing blue whale or whatever. Wouldn't uh, be able to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny as well, isn't it? Because if you're in a job you hate, that is a slog, you will disappear off to the toilet to kill 20 minutes. But on a Viking longship, you can't even do that because you're on full display and it's probably the most dangerous act part you do of your that? day. I could see myself holding it in, just going, I'm going to try yeah. and yeah, see if I can make for green six, For six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then doing um, one, when, yeah, when I hit, and I'm hitting the ceiling. Doing a big one. But <laughs> <laughs> I got to Greenland. <laughs> Turning myself inside out. Would would you would you would you have the confidence to, to sort of like to stick your your behind over the side of a, a boat in front of your work colleagues? We imagine now in the, in this podcast record, I, I I can see you on the screen if you just continue talking and drop your trousers and went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> One of what? my superpowers is that I can piss and shit almost at will. Like I, there's no bar. Poor I don't, don't have any hey. any issue with that. <laughs> 
what would what would scare me would be the waves on the longship as you're dangling over the side. Yeah. I would I don't I wouldn't like the the water splashing my bum and I wouldn't like the the danger of falling in. Do you know what though? I think people were shitting old fresco far until far more recently than you'd think. Have you seen the Peter Jackson documentary They Shall Not Grow Old? No. Yes, yeah. There's the bit where there's four the or five Tommies yes. and they're all just taking a shit next to each other and sort of waving at the camera. Yeah. yeah. You know, not not my scene. Personally. My Irish my Irish granddad, who born in the twenty nineteen twenties, so this would have been in the kind of nineteen forties in Ireland. He didn't have a toilet in the house. None of them had a toilet. They would they would go do their business in a field. Just they'd just walk out the door. Yeah. They would just do, wow. That so it's not it really isn't even that long ago. The I mean, you say about the the splashing being a problem, that sort of stuff, but that's interestingly the Vikings invented the B Day after seeing that. <laughs> They thought I've got I've got a cracking idea. I don't need to do this anymore. See, when the Vikings got home, they were like, "I just can't. My ass just doesn't feel clean without seawater splashing my ass, yeah. and my arms feel very sore." So, so the whole place did stink. And then the other thing that stunk was they would have to um, basically treat the uh, the sale with animal fats and stuff like this. So the, the whole place was just. Absolutely disgusting. I I don't know why I'm I was so naive about this. I knew that life on board a pirate ship would be hard. I knew deep down that life on board a long ship would be hard. You've made it sound worse than I'd imagine. <laughs> Has it put you off the idea? It's given me a newfound respect for the Vikings. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> because they actually a lot of his stuff has been drawn from uh, contemporary rebuildings of these boats and they've gone off on missions to see what they would have done so obviously a lot of this isn't, isn't written history it's, they've, they've had to draw conclusions from so this will be uh, a historian who would have stuck his uh, behind over the back of a boat <laughs> at least two years ago <laughs> going past a P&O ferry and giving a nod it's like <laughs> yeah with a team of like people in white coats and clipboards going yep yeah, yeah, yeah. That, he's definitely he's definitely shitting there next to an oil rig but for me actually the discomfort and the stench isn't the worst bit the worst bit is at that point is the navigational aspects because at that point there were such sort of poor navigational aids it was like really hard to hit your destination (laughs) so like like an easy jet airport you'd be sort of quite some way away from where you actually need to be so there's loads of tales of ships just going off course and then sort of sailing across the atlantic and then they either the ship sinks or they just starve. Basically, oh it's God. horrendous. Oh, that's, the, wow. that's the aspect of seafaring that prangs me out the most, especially in this age, is where yeah. you're setting off for somewhere and it's like we don't even know if we're in the right direction. We don't even yeah. know really. Like, is it going to be a if, week? Is it a month? Or are we never going to get to where we're trying that, to get? To? That absolutely is something I cannot get my head around. The intrepid nature. <laughs> Of people just getting in a boat that's covered in animal fat and tar and thinking, oh well, fingers, well, I'll probably never see you again. <laughs> Firm and, handshake with your wife. Yeah, like, I, I own a car and I, I filled it up last night. And if I just got in the car and just kept driving, yeah. I would probably at some point end up in like Leeds. I reckon I could get to Leeds on a full tank. Yeah. And then I'd be in Leeds. And then I would fill up and I would drive home. And I would say to Izzy, sorry, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a really good idea when I said it on the podcast. Yeah. I don't really understand. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's the ability... I suppose you were putting your 
fate into God's hands. Yes, absolutely. Well, in in line with that, it's all the more striking when you think about the relationships, the relationship, sorry, the Vikings had with the sea. That a lot of Scandinavian belief there was there was this huge serpent at that time that wrapped itself around the earth and was under the sea. So it had a real fear of the sea as well. So it wasn't like our relationship with the sea is a place you go swimming and just have fun or whatever. This was a place that was the home to this horrendous beast that could destroy you at any point. So not only were they choosing to go out not knowing where they're going, they were going across the home of this thing that they thought could annihilate them. So they were taking the piss. They were taking the (laughs) piss. Things can't be good at home if you're choosing yeah. that as an option. If you're choosing to take the piss out of a, of a, a global serpent. <laughs> wow. So there were some navigational aids we had. A, a couple of ones that stuck out. Um, tell me how reassuring you'd find these. One was um, a thing called a plumb bob, which they would drop to the bottom of the ocean. It was like a little weight on a string to see how deep the... Uh, ocean bed was and it would also bring up some of the silt from the ocean bed and then apparently they feel that um, experienced captains could then taste that ocean bed and tell whether there was fresh water coming into it and whether they were close to land so they could oh, taste the base that's, the, the bed that's of the like that is the classic bollocks. man at the pub yeah, the yeah. Bloke <laughs> in the, in the pub. i can taste a seabed and yeah. tell you where the li- yeah you're, shut up you're, you have a sip of your uh <laughs> You have a sip of your Australian and you say to yourself, yeah, they just clean the lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. Do you think that's the first step on... The, are those the people that became sort of wine connoisseurs? Like, <laughs> these unbearable people you see at a tin party who claim they can taste the forest when it's sort of, you know, from a wolf blast. <laughs> um, and the other thing they had was they would take uh, a non-migratory bird with them on board. Uh, any guesses why that might have been? So they could fly up and then... They would head to the land. Damn right. So if it flew Come to land, on. they'd follow it. If it came back to the boat, then they weren't near land. But I don't know what Clever that tells that, you. If it, if, it, if it comes back to the boat, you just go, oh, we're not near land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, think it's like, I haven't got anything else to add. a really shit sat-nav. Yeah. yeah. That is quite clever, though. I'll tell you where you are if you are within 500 metres of actually being there. Yeah. 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 And then the, the final thing, of course, at the end of a Viking, it shows you how sort of in touch and how important their life on their boats were, uh, were for them, that uh, the high-ranking Vikings would be laid on their vessels with their grave goods. Their grave goods is after they died, which are items they need in the afterlife. You'd be shoved out into the sea and they'd set fire, basically, to it. Um, and you just see all your, your belongings go up. Be, I always thought that must be a bit heartbreaking if you were sort of waiting for your inheritance and you're on the yeah. side seeing your if you've grandma's been... stuff go up, and sh- go up in flames. <laughs> or if you've been rowing for 18 hours and you actually really need a spoon. Yeah, <laughs> and that was what happened. But but and another interesting thing I found on this briefly, uh, part of your funeral, which I thought, I thought was quite interesting, a third of everything you owned, um, all of all your wealth, would go on booze for the funeral. There you go. That's quite that. good. wow. So I've, always, I've always thought the Vikings nailed the funeral. How much better would a funeral be if you went there and like your mate or wherever it is, grandma, just goes up in a massive towering inferno. <laughs> <laughs> like on a, usually on a beach in my mind's eye it's on a beach with all their stuff yeah. and then it's like oh one the, oh they've bought also they put 100 grand behind the bar tonight <laughs>
what, what really interested me is like we touched on there journeys that begin and you just don't know where you're going and, and specifically yeah. in the animal kingdom one thing that i've always stuck in my mind was that the galapagos islands and their famous turtles that they they believe those turtles arrived two to three million years ago having traveled 600 miles on the south american coast on vegetation rafts wow they think they just blew out there. And they're a similar model for Madagascar as well. They think the mammals that are in Madagascar got there aboard natural rafts. So two, Madagascar would have been a 270-mile ocean voyage taking about three weeks. And, I mean, who knows how long and where they came from for the, for the Galapagos as well. I'm just going to tell you something very quickly about a famous stowaway, a guy called Purse uh, Blackborough. And he was a stowaway on Ernest Shackleton's... Uh, ill-fated imperial transantarctic um expedition of 1914 to 1917 so he wanted to go on um shackleton's ship endurance which is en route to the antarctic but back blackborough wasn't he wasn't hired right he was he was 18 and shackleton thought you're too young and you haven't got enough experience so um he sneaked aboard and he hid in a locker amongst piles of clothing, right? Now, at which point they discover him and they're angry because they've got a stowaway. He's a young kid, he's 18. They're like, bloody hell, this is already difficult enough, but now we've got to look after, we've got to look after this, this, you know, this child, effectively, who's 18 years of age. So uh, Shackleton said, you do know that on these expeditions we often get very hungry and if there's a stowaway available, he is the first to be eaten. To which Blackborough replied, they'd get a lot more meat off you, sir. Which is a, a big call, I think. Right? But it's a real shit or bust move, isn't it? Had he been comparing the clubs? <laughs> he was a very capable sort of circuit compare. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So Shackleton grinned and was like, "All right, then, let's let him on." So he's um, he's on the endurance snow, and they're going to the Antarctic. And he's doing quite well, and they're all very fond of him. He's always looking after the ship's cat, Mrs. Chippy. Um, but the endurance sank, um, at which point they salvaged what they could. But obviously, because he's, he, he's a stowaway, he's taken the wrong sort of boots. He's basically, right. he's basically gone in trainers. <laughs> and because his, feet, because his feet were exposed bounce, to, the, to the really cold waters of the Antarctic Ocean, he developed severe frostbite. And this is the bit. I just find incredible. So everyone is ill, and everyone's in poor health, oh, poor spirits. Man. But he's contracted gangrene, Perse Blackburn now, due to his frostbite. So they had a surgeon on board, a guy called Alexander Macklin, and Blackborough was his greatest medical concern. So they're like, okay, what are we going to have to do? Oh, God. Now, he's been away for a month, at which point the surgeon the surgeon carries out an amputation on Blackborough's left foot using chloroform for anaesthesia. Oh, this is God. this is how he described uh, the operation. Blackborough had all the toes of his left foot taken off, quarter-inch stumps being left. The poor beggar behaved splendidly, and it went without a hitch. Time from start to finish, 55 minutes. When Blackborough came round, he was cheerful as anything and started joking directly. <laughs> <laughs> People in the past are so hard. <laughs> so Especially hard. This, <laughs> this era. The hardest people are at sea. They are hard. Right, shall we? <laughs> shall we decide uh, who would fare better at a life at sea? I think that seems to be the conclusion, sort of the conclusion from all of this. Yeah. If we, if our listeners can take one thing from it, 
And I, I hope they do. It's it's who we think would fare better at life at sea. I'm going to count myself out of the running because of my profound sh- fear of sharks. This sea serpent thing the Vikings were panicked by and um, the, the propensity with which ships seem to sink, I just th- I think it would be an issue for me. So I, I absolutely, I think I'm, I'm out of the running, to be honest. Yeah. I quite enjoy physical exercise. <laughs> I quite enjoy rowing. The thing that would really hold me back is how much that, rowing have you done? Is that I mean at the gym? You kept that quiet. Twenty-five to thirty minutes at a time on in a, a gym. Sort of, on a, in a gym, yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> so I, I'm seventeen hours, thirty-five minutes away from my eighteen-hour stint. The thing yeah. that would really hold me back is that I'm I'm quite introverted and I do need time alone. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to get that on a long ship. Yeah. So within within a day, I'm getting grumpy. Within two days, I'm getting at people. Within three days, I've been thrown overboard. Yeah. So I'm. How I'm, do you think the phrase "I need a bit of me time" would go down on a Viking <laughs> <yeah>. ship? <laughs> it, interesting. I'm quite intrigued by that. How would you try and achieve a bit of me time? You've got no chance. Jump overboard. What are you doing? Yeah. You've got no chance. So, Hanging on the back of the boat and being dragged along. So maybe? if the introverts are all staying at home in Denmark or Sweden or Norway, that means yeah. a long ship would be full of super hard. <laughs> Vikings were all extroverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a bloody nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you, okay, so Ellis, you can row, uh, but you're an introvert, and I do need in me time. Well, as I've counted myself out, I'm going to decide. I'm going to decide out the two of you who's going to okay. be. Uh, Chris, give me well, a look, well, When I was nine years old, we went on a family holiday to Ireland. We tr- we got there via uh, a boat from Swansea to Ireland, and it was. It was rocky seas. I was about, not, and I didn't understand what seasickness was. And I remember getting to the canteen, buying like a can of Tango, and sitting at the table. And the can of Tango was going from one end to the other. It was that vibe. And then I remember going, I needed something to eat. And I went to get like toast and beans, and the beans were coming out. They were coming out of the. <laughs> and at that point, I was like, I, I said to my dad, "I'm going to be sick. I'm like, I'm going. I need to throw up." So we went in the toilet, opened the, and it's one of those doors that they kind of they, they lock, they lock, and like you've got to step over to get inside. The door opened <laughs> on this toilet. All the cubicles were open. There was vomit filling up every single toilet, oh. blocking up the sink. There was vomit up the walls and on the floor. And then I was sick on the floor, and this is like. I wouldn't describe this as really rough seas. Not like some of the pictures, that some of the, the videos yeah. you see online of really rough seas. And I was all over the place. So the idea that I could have been a sailor, <laughs> a proper, a Viking, and spent any kind of life at sea when I can barely get across the Irish Sea without throwing up everywhere, I think there is no chance I would have been sued. Plus, I hate the sea, the seaweed. It's so overrated, the jellyfish. An away game when you're in the water with the fish. I'm so happy that I don't need to accept this as a, a career. Do you know what? First time I was on a ferry, uh, Plymouth to Roscoff, I spewed everywhere. So yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about the seasick. I'm beginning to aspect. feel that none of us, none of us, is going to make it. As <laughs> no no way. What are, the, what are the Vikings going to say to me when I'm 20 minutes in? To the trip to Greenland, and I'm You're trying to explain, shut, to and I'm throwing up while a guy next to me is trying to have a shit over the side, <laughs> and he's like, "You've got seventeen and a half hours left." Mate. You're having a shit twenty minutes in. People you gathering still... around, you're sick because it's because it's the thing that smells nicest you on can the ship. Still see land. <laughs> what did you tell me, Chris? Why didn't you go? Why didn't you go when we were back? <laughs> the oh, raven you, giving you funny notes. I asked above. you if you wanted to go before we left. Why didn't you go at the terminal? <laughs> So 
there we have it. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Distant Pod fans, for giving that a go. Uh, fingers crossed you liked it. Fingers crossed you've got time in your lives for another podcast, because I know ours is about nine hours long. Um, but if you like it, I'd really love it if you subscribed and listened, left us a review. God, this sounds quite needy, doesn't it? Mike's got far less problem... Um, he's got far less of a problem with, with doing this kind of thing than I do. I'm sort of quite apologetic, but yeah. Uh, let's face it, I've overstretched myself on the mortgage, so I need the money, so please do subscribe and uh, and use the Patreon, etc., etc. 